0: Well, good morning. It is good to be with you today. A couple of months ago, Casey had asked me if I would be available today, and I said, "Sure, I would love to do that." And then, about two weeks ago or so, I got a text from him saying, "Would you be open for an ugly sweater day?" And I said, "Well, that depends. Is everyone else doing an ugly sweater, or just me?" Because I-, I felt, knowing Casey, I was being set up, and uh, I, I. I- wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And then he texted me about a a week later and said, hey, no ugly sweater. And I still didn't know whether I should believe him. But then Colin texted me and let me know no ugly sweater. And I trust Colin. Okay. And so it is good to be with you today. And I thought just in case, I'm wearing basic black. Uh, Nothing you can really do with that. It it is good to be with with you. I want to take you back in time, um, 40 plus years I was in college, I played baseball at Lincoln Christian University, and uh, we were on a, a road trip. We were out of state, and we, we stopped to get gas. And Coach was filling up the van, and a couple of us were just walking around the parking lot stretching our legs. And uh, a car pulled up, and a window came down, and a guy said, hey, can you t- tell me how I can get to this particular address? It was a business. And I, I said, sure. Uh, you go back down this road come to the stoplight, you'll turn right at the stoplight, you'll go maybe four or five blocks, there's a McDonald's on the left, and right past the McDonald's, you take that street left, and it's just a few blocks down the road, you can't miss it. He thanked me, and he pulled away. My buddies looked at me, and they said, how did you know where that was? And I said, I've never been in it here in my life, I have no idea uh, where that is, I don't know where where it is going to take him. And uh, looking back on that, it seemed like a good idea at the time. I don't recommend it now. I, I don't do that anymore. I, I wish I wouldn't have done it now. I even hesitate to, to tell that story because, you know, we, the more I'm out and the more I meet people, the more I'm reminded this is a pretty small world, and I'm afraid I'll tell that story, and someone will come up after me and say, that was me. But, you know, what? people do that all the time. Maybe not at a gas station, maybe not with an address to a a business or a residence, but people do it all the time today when they tell people how to find their way to heaven. People are writing books, they're giving talks, they're appearing on TV, they're even starting churches, and they give all kinds of ways to get to heaven. And they remind me of me when I was in college. It sounds good. People will follow. People will listen. People will believe that there's just one problem. So much of what people are saying isn't true. So today we're going to look at the directions that Jesus gave for how we can get to heaven. And his directions are right because Jesus came to tell the truth. And that's what we're going to focus on today. I know you're in a series that, that Jesus came for several reasons. And I want us to focus on the fact that Jesus came to tell us The truth. And the passage we're going to look at today, our text comes from John 14. And in this text, Jesus is preparing his his disciples for that day when he would no longer be with them. And this is what we read in the first six verses. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. Father, I I pray right now as we prepare to look at your word, as we prepare to focus on the words of Jesus in this passage, I pray that you would speak to us. And God, I pray that you would remind us that um, that Jesus came to tell us the truth, that he spoke the truth, that he is the truth. Father, there are so many people who are confused all around us. There are voices that are uh, trying to get our attention. I pray today that you would help us to to shut all of that out and just listen to you. Father, may we hear what you want us to hear today. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. In this passage, Jesus is giving some good news to his disciples, which is really good news for us as well, because he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I prepare a place, I'm going to come back, and I'll take you with me, and we will be together forever. We will live in my father's house together forever. And, and, and as he's telling them all this, he slides in this comment, and, and I wonder if he did it as a test. I, I don't know why he inserted this, but he says, I, I'm, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And then he goes, and you know the way to the place I'm going. You, you know how to get there. And my my guess is Thomas spoke up and said what everyone else was thinking. Because Thomas basically said, Lord, we have no idea what you're talking about. We don't know where you're going, so how on earth could we know the way? Which is what Jesus followed up with, with that great statement, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That is a bold statement. That is perhaps the the statement that has been most debated, most argued about, most divisive when it comes to uh, people looking at how do we get to heaven that we might have. There are many who look at that claim and they call it narrow-minded, mean-spirited, arrogant, downright snobbish. But there's a big difference between being a narrow statement, and it is a narrow statement when you say, I I am the way, truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's a pretty narrow statement. But there's a difference between a narrow statement and being narrow-minded. So today, we're going to take a look at Jesus' words in this passage and and see what we can do with them, see what, what they mean to us. And we have to decide how we respond to the words of Jesus. We have to decide, do we believe what Jesus said? Not just here, but everywhere. Or do we believe that he's right some of the time, but not all of the time? And and if that's the case, then, boy, we're going to spend a whole lot of time trying to figure out what we believe and what we don't believe. Or are we going to choose in today's more politically correct way, instead of saying, well, Jesus lied here, that maybe Jesus simply misspoke. Well, here's where I am. I want to make this very clear. I believe that Jesus spoke the truth. I believe that he always spoke the truth. And whatever Jesus said, whatever he taught, whatever he claimed is and still was and still is the truth. So let's look at the three statements that he made that are really rolled up into one statement. He, He begins, he says, I am the way. I'm the way. Consider what he did not say. He did not say, I am one of the ways, or I am a way. He doesn't say, if you want to follow me, that would be great. If not, there's some really good people out there. Follow one of them. They'll, They'll get you to heaven. He says, no, I am the way. A very exclusive claim. We need to understand that Jesus didn't leave heaven and come to earth because we needed one more way to get to heaven. He left heaven and came to earth because we needed a way to get to heaven. Now, in our culture, in our society, uh, we take great pride in people's individual rights. Uh, We can choose what we believe. We can choose what we live. uh, We embrace individual freedoms. And so when someone suggests that there is only one way to believe or one way to live, one way that is right, we tend to have a problem with that. Let me, let me just do a little survey here. How many of you would have a problem today if I said only Cub fans will go to heaven? Let me see your hands. How many would have trouble with that? Okay. Some of you. Not all of you, but some of you. Now, if I were to say that, if I were to teach that, it, it would be a, a false teaching because the Bible doesn't say that you have to be a Cub fan or you don't have to be any certain fan fan to be able to get to heaven. I I don't teach that because the Bible doesn't teach it. Jesus didn't teach it. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, yeah, they didn't have baseball then. If Jesus came today, he probably would say that. And I can't argue with you there, but he didn't say that. You, You don't have to root for any certain baseball team to get to heaven. The Bible doesn't teach it, so we shouldn't teach that. But Jesus taught that, He was the way to get to heaven. So we need to teach that. We need to believe that. In in Acts 4.12, we read, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Peter is talking about Jesus here. There is no other name, only the name of Jesus. In John 3.16, Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And here in John 14, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So once again, the reason I believe that Jesus is the way, the reason I teach that Jesus is the way is because that's what Jesus taught and that's what the Bible records. In fact, those, for those who say that, that saying that Jesus is the only way to heaven, it, it, it's, it's hateful speech, you know. It, it. I believe it's the most loving thing that we can teach because it wouldn't be very loving to teach something that isn't true. Jesus said, I'm going to my father's house. I'm going to come back. I want you to spend the rest of eternity in my father's house with me. He wants us there, and we need to teach that. It's the most loving thing we can teach. Let let me put it this way. How about tonight? Uh, I only only live a half hour from here. I live down in Springfield, and tonight at 530, let's say I'm going to have a cookout, and you're all invited. We're going to have ribeyes cut one inch thick, baked potatoes. Going to have Texas Roadhouse bring their rolls, deliver their rolls, and we're going to have cream-style corn. That that sounds pretty good? Okay, 530 my house. Now, you don't know where I live, so let me give you directions. It's 3708 Alderwood Drive, and if you get out here on 54 and take 54 to Springfield, and then you come to Interstate 55, you hop on 55 South for about three miles, and then you take the 29 exit, and you go about a mile and a half or so. You'll go up a hill. We call it hilltop. There's a stoplight right at the top of the hill. You turn right, You go about two miles, you turn on Alderwood Drive. Our house is the last house on the left at the end of the cul-de-sac. Got it? Now, let me say, this is for illustration purposes only. There is not a cookout at my house tonight. But if there were, that's how you get to my house. So if after church you came up to me and said, hey, that sounds great. I love ribeyes. I'm looking forward to eating a ribeye. I'll be there at 530, but I'm going to take 54 until I get to 55 But instead of going south, I'm going to go north, because I like that road a little bit better. I I like the the north 55 better than the south 55. So I'm going to take the north 55, but I'll be at your house at 530. If I say to you, no, 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 that that won't get you to my house, is that me being narrow-minded? Is that me being hateful to say, no, you can't get to my house that way, or Would that be me saying, I really want you to be at my house? So make sure you follow the directions. I know how to get to my house. Follow my directions. In John 14, Jesus is basically saying, Hey, I came from my father's house. I'm getting ready to go back to my father's house. I know the way to my father's house. In fact, I am the way. To my father's house. Jesus gives us a very bold, but I would say a very loving statement here when he says, I am the way, because he wants us to spend eternity in heaven with him. The second statement is, I am the truth. I am the truth. Truth is not valued in our society and culture as it once was. I'm amazed at what can be printed in newspapers or in in the media that uh, can be based on uh, an anonymous tip or someone that we can't tell you who it is, but you need to believe this is true. And and I'll tell you, social media hasn't helped that, has it? People get on social media, they get on Facebook, and they say, hey, I just read this on Facebook. And then they just assume it's true because they read it on Facebook. And it, it may not, and most of the time, is not true. And what I see in our culture today is we we tend to believe what we want to believe. We, We choose to take the things that already line up with what we think, what we feel, what we believe, and we say, well, that must be truth because it agrees with me. But that isn't the way it works. We should value the truth. We should want to hear the truth. We should want to believe the truth, and we should want to teach the truth. And in this statement, Jesus tells us that he is the truth. Now think about that for a moment. He doesn't say, if you follow me, I will lead you to the truth. He says, I am the truth. Which means that whatever he said was true. Whatever he taught was true. Whatever he claimed was true. Because he is the truth. And that means that we don't have to pick and choose what we're going to believe and what we're not going to believe when it comes to Jesus because, again, it's simple. Either he is the truth or he's not. He is the truth, and whatever he said can be trusted, or he's not, and we can't trust anything that he said. Again, I choose to believe that he is the truth. And we see Jesus model that in a way in his life over and over because he would perform this great miracle, he would feed a bunch of people, and there would be hundreds, if not thousands of people who would be flocking to him, and then he would teach a tough truth. And the people would would walk away. They would would leave him because they wanted the miracles, they wanted the, the food, but they didn't want a tough teaching. And if Jesus was simply after a big crowd, he could have told them whatever they wanted to hear. But he didn't do that. He spoke the truth. And not only do people not always value the truth today, they didn't value the truth 2,000 years ago because they turned their backs and walked away. Jesus tells us the truth about how we live our lives. He tells the truth about how we treat other people. He tells the truth about forgiving those who hurt us. He tells the truth about he is the way to the Father. Jesus spoke the truth. He modeled the truth because he is the truth. Let's look at one more statement in this trilogy of statements that really makes one. He says, I am the life. I am the life. Now, if we go back and look at the context of what was going on when Jesus made the statement, we, we go back to chapter 12, and chapter 12 is where Jesus is entering Jerusalem, and it's what we call the triumphal entry, where the crowds gathered and they lined the streets. They're putting palm branches down and cloaks down, and, and he was being welcomed like a king. And, and my guess is the disciples were excited, they had to think, this is it. We've been hoping for a, an earthly Messiah, an earthly king. We've been praying, we've been waiting. We believe that Jesus is the one. This is it. He's going to become king right now. They had to be on the, the mountaintop. Then in chapter 13, we have the, the Last Supper, and Jesus begins talking about leaving, and he talks about dying. And He's saying, I'm going to go away, and where I go, you can't follow, but, but you'll follow later. I've got to believe the disciples went from the mountaintop to the valley. They they were confused. What's going on? He he isn't telling us what we want to hear. So maybe Jesus looked around and and saw the looks. I don't don't know why he starts chapter 14 like this, but he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. I I wonder if he looked around and thought, man, you guys look troubled. Hey, don't let your hearts be troubled. This isn't bad news. This is good news because I'm going to my father's house, but I'll be back. And it leads to the statement I am the way, the truth, and the life. And in this passage, he talks about death, but isn't it interesting that he doesn't say, I am the death? He says, I am the life. In a matter of hours after Jesus made the statement, he died on the cross to pay for our sins, but he didn't stay dead because we know that on the third day he was raised to new life. And then in Acts 1, we we see Jesus and his disciples gathered and, and he did exactly what he said he would do in John 14 in Acts 1 when he ascended to heaven. He went back to his father's house. And he's there now preparing a place for those who believe in him and follow him. My friends, that's why Jesus can make that claim. He lived his life. He died, but he conquered death and is alive today. Jesus left heaven and he lived on earth. He taught lessons and he preached sermons. He healed people. He performed miracles. He loved people and taught them to love other people. Then he died on the cross, was buried in the tomb, and on the third day was raised to new life. And because of that, he can say, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And because of that, he's able to offer life to you and me. And I'm so thankful for the life that we have here on this earth, aren't you? You know, I know that this COVID time is a trying time. We can complain about wearing a mask. We can complain about not be, being able to sit by each other. We can complain about not being able to shake hands and give hugs and do holidays with family. All those things, I, I miss all of them. But you know, when I look around and I think, man, that's just this little blip of my life. God is so good to me. God is so good to you here in this life. He gives a life of purpose. He gives a life filled with blessings. He gives us a life where we can love God and we can love people. He gives us a good life here when we follow him. But that isn't the most important thing. The most important thing is that no matter what happens when we live this life, when it comes to an end, he gives us eternal life. He gives us a life that will never end, a life that is perfect. And John 14 says that he is going to prepare a place for us in his Father's house. He's preparing a place for us in heaven. And one day, we will spend eternity in the Father's house because Jesus is the way, he's the truth. And he's the life. And I thank God for that. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you that we don't have to figure it out on our own. God, you know us. We don't have enough wisdom to figure out what's right, what's wrong, what's true, what isn't. So I thank you that Jesus came. He came to be the way. He came to be the truth. He came to be the, the life, and because of that, we have life in him here today, and we have eternal life in heaven to look forward to. God, I pray that you would help us to hold on to that truth, that we wouldn't be um, confused, that we wouldn't look someplace else, and God, I pray that you would help us to hold out that truth to a world that is confused, to a world that is willing to accept things that are not true. God, I pray that you would help us to be loving enough to always tell the truth. Thank you that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And it's in his name that we pray.